shit you check it I rap about nothing that's corrected If you can't get with that Then I split the rap scraps Tucked back beneath my armpits Peace I don't care what you earn Man, you see these still getting burned What's up, internet? Welcome to episode 8 of the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're a fantasy basketball uh, podcast that focuses on Dynasty Leagues. My name is Kevin, and with me tonight is Starks. Uh, Yes, Starks here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world. Uh, Fantasy basketball is here. I'm ready to take people on for a ride. All right. So um, we've been doing a lot of stuff lately, uh, posting articles. Uh, Jesse's been cranking out a lot of daily fantasy stuff for us. Uh, Starks just uh, recently put out uh, an interesting article about uh, Torian Prince, but also tying it back to uh, sort of preying on those process-type owners. Um, I've been really active on Twitter. You can find me at Kevin So. Uh, I've been trying to trying to reach, reach the audience a little bit more, uh, Get, get them engaged. And so if you see me on there, please, you know, give me a follow. Uh, feel free to ask questions. You know, we're, we do this because we love it. And uh, we love to, to get interesting questions and, and really dissect uh, what's best for fan, fantasy-wise. So uh, please reach out to us and, and uh, we, you know, we'll have a good time. Absolutely. All right. So uh, this episode, we're going to be doing a lot of player analysis. Uh, we're going to look at a couple uh, different players that have had some interesting starts to the season. Uh, they're actually, you know, for the most part, all having pretty good starts. Um, but, you know, some of them come with a little bit of controversy. Uh, so we'll see, you know, where both Starks and I stand on them uh, and both for redraft leagues, but also thinking long term for Dynasty and, uh, you know, where we might value them in that sense. So always keep that in mind when we're talking about Uh, our guys on here. So the first guy that we're going to talk about is Derek Rose. Uh, Obviously he basically blew up Twitter last night uh, with his 50 point performance, uh, ended the game with a block and everything. Um, He's been producing uh, when he's been given a chance, you know, I'm not the biggest Derek Rose fan. I don't think uh, he plays really sort of a, a modern type of game. He's, he doesn't have the same athleticism that he used to have. And, you know, for a while I kind of felt like he was, you know, living a little bit more off of his name and his past work. And, uh, you know, it's still, he had a 50 point game and that's kind of hard to deny. Um, obviously that was a game that was without uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, without Jeff Teague, without Tyus Jones. So he pretty much had the whole backcourt to himself and had free reign to kind of just chuck up as many shots as he did a lot of them went in obviously. And, and he had, he had one of those actually probably his, it was his highest scoring game of, of his career. So that's pretty impressive. Um, Long-term, you know, I, obviously I don't expect him to, to get to that level again, but it's possible with Tibbs at the helm uh, and with uh, Butler kind of in a weird situation right now, he could see a lot more minutes than we expected. Um, I wouldn't have drafted him prior to the season, but at this point, there's a chance that, you know, he could make that top 100 uh, range and, you know, be useful for teams, especially uh, GMs that are are needing some points. So uh, I'll throw it back to you, Starks, and and get your take on what you think Rose is is up to. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to steal the ball after I heard you said top 100 is just 
a little bit baffling to the ears to hear that. <laughs> but, you know, you touched up on a lot of important things that people need to hear and realize The you know, Derek Rose, he's been in and out, in, you know, in his career in general. And, uh, you know, a few things that actually stick out to me before I go on a little rant about him is um, he's taken a lot of shots this year um, and a lot of attempts, and he's been averaging almost 16 shot attempts a game. So, you know, I'm one of those guys um, in a league that looks at usage rate. And, you know, for him to get that many shots in, you know, Minnesota, along with Towns and, you know, Jimmy Butler, Teague and all them. And although you had mentioned, you know, touched up on an important point, there were people not playing in that game when he dropped 50 points. So the question is, you know, before everybody gets excited and takes their shirts off and swings and gets excited upon their chest, (laughs) you know, you kind of got to think, would he really drop 50 points with them on the floor versus them not on the floor? You know, that's one of those things you have to calm down some of the, you know, listeners or just calm down some of the fantasy or even people in the world in general that love the NBA like we do um, to kind of sit back and think about if it could really happen. But, you know, not to throw so much shade his way because I'm not I'm just trying to let people understand and know that you got to look at it and, and take it for a grain the salt for what you see. But another thing that, you know, Derek Rose for over the years, he lost a lot of athleticism, you know, over the years because his his knee, you know, um, knee injuries. But one thing that actually stuck out to me is he actually has been hitting the free throw line a little bit more this year. So what that kind of implies to me is he's a little bit more aggressive. You know, he hasn't been as aggressive throughout the years because you know injuries and then you know when you're bombarded with injuries you have that mentality in the back of your mind of I don't know if I want to go to the to the cup to the basket anymore just because you know what if I come back down on my knee you know you just have that in the back of your head so in saying that you know last year he was only averaging two you know attempts a game barely that and then you know this year you know it's still beginning the season so you know we have a long way to go but one of the things that stick out to me, like I said, free throws, he's shooting almost five. So he's doing, you know, doubling that a little bit more than double than that, you know, at the free throw line. So that's pretty good that that shows that he's willing to be a little bit more aggressive with the ball instead of just settling for jumpers. Um, now, his, now his outlook, how I, how I, I kind of take him as is for this season, you know, I'm going to, I'm just, we're going to assume I'm not going to, I can't say that for Kevin. I don't know what he thinks, but I'm just going to go the assumption that Jimmy Butler is going to get moves one way or another. Um, Derek Rose, I know Kevin had mentioned he could be a top 100 this year. That's very hard for me to accept that. You know, the chances of him doing that, it's possible. I'm not going to say it's not possible, but, you know, I still need to see more from him. You know, at this point. Yeah, that's fair. I I had 100 as sort of his ceiling. Um, Okay. That's if everything kind of went right. Um, and he was able to get a fair amount of, of playing time in minus Butler before they trade. If he's sitting, if Butler's sitting games out, that sort of thing kind of rack up some usage. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. And uh, it kind of hurts me a little bit when I say sort of these positive things about Rose. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. He really carries a lot of fans. People are yeah. really passionate about him, almost sort of at a Lakers level. Guys, right. guys that'll just defend him to the end and so it's interesting you know when he has a game like this sort of right. what it did to twitter and the internet right. last night so and i and, and let me steal the ball from you sure. yeah you you mentioned it like you know people are so excited for us you know i had a friend at work 
pulled out a Bulls jersey. Oh, so it was pretty, you know, it was like, a, I don't, what was he, number one in Chicago? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. You know, he had the red one. He was just excited to come in. He's like, yeah, Rose, man, you know, I, I still believed in him. I'm just like, wow. He's like, I might even wear the white jersey tomorrow. I'm like, oh, man, really? Mm. So go ahead. I'm going to pass the ball back to you. Yeah, no, I, I think we're sort of in the same ballpark. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more in the positive and, you know, I, I know you're a little more pessimistic and uh, totally understandable. Um, so we'll move on from there to uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Um, he's been having some pretty impressive games of late. Uh, Starks wrote an article uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, kind of really touting WCJ. Uh, and uh, he's looked really impressive. You know, it's. I could see him maybe getting to to the top top, top seventy five or so this season, yeah. uh, and it, a lot of it depends. You know, maybe they move uh, Robin Lopez out. Um, you know, it depends on how Markinen is when he comes back and kind of how the offense looks with him in it. Uh, same thing with with uh, Bobby Portis. So th- there's a couple moving pieces, uh, and right now he's kind of getting, a, you know, a really good opportunity to show what he can do, and he's he's looked good. Um, I could see him in another year or two really moving up uh, into that top 50, um, maybe even top 40, depending on the situation. But he's looked really impressive. And, and I got to give it to you, Starks, for, uh, you know, really putting that article, article together, um, explaining, uh, you know, where you're coming from and, and why you're so hyped for him. Right. And I appreciate that. You know, um, it was a gut call. Like I said, it was a couple of players I've had over the years that I, I had a gut feeling on and. And, you know, essentially I've hit on. But like I said, I've missed on a couple of players. But, you know, what sticks out with Wendell Carter Jr., especially this last game, excuse me, I mean, he had 25 points, eight rebounds, you know, five assists, great. Three steals, three blocks, two three-pointers, and he almost had three threes, three steals, and three blocks. So in saying that, not only that, I mean, he's, he's, he filled the stat sheet. He didn't shoot particularly, you know, the way most fantasy owners would like, you know, nine for 21. But, again, what I, I preach and what I like the most, I wouldn't say the most, but one of the things I like about a player is shot attempts. It could be detrimental to your field goal percentage, of course, because there's, there's a good chance that you're going to shoot bad unless, you know, you're like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or any efficient shooter that can shoot at a high volume with a high field goal percentage. Um, but for him to get more shots this game just brought more music to my ears just because that they were willing to finally kind of unleash him. And I'm not going to say this is just going to happen the rest of the year. Um, I had mentioned in, you know, the article in the dynasty, I played it safe. I said this first year is 125. I agree with Kevin here. He could definitely be 75 this year. And, can you know, he can, he can pass my projections, but I just went – with a player that I believed in and definitely, you know, a lot of other fantasy uh, analytical guys had just still mentioned, you know, the main Doncic and um, Aiton and other players, which is fine. Like I said, you know, like we said, they're going to be good, but I wanted to take on to another player that can take it to a level that was not really expected. So that's my tip on him. So I'm going to pass the ball to you on that. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have anything to add. Um, okay. We'll move on to uh, the next guy that we were going to talk about, uh, and that's De'Aaron Fox, who has really come out as well and ha- had a really good start to his second season. Um, the Kings, in general, have looked 
really good, um, which is surprising. You know, they're, they're probably the probably the worst managed team in general uh, in the NBA. Uh, when you look at the ownership and you look at the GM and, and the coaching, and um, but you know, my hats off to them, and they they've put together you know a team, and they've done that without one of their key pieces, um, Bogdan. So you know when you factor all that in and you factor in, they could have had Luca as well. I I'm kind of imagining what that team would look like with Luca, but, um, but yeah, but Fox has come out and, and looked really good. Uh, I'm going to just look him up. Oh he, my God. Um, <laughs> Triple double. Let's see. Yeah. He, he, uh, Fox has, as you know, he's a guy that's interesting because he's been putting up good, good points. So 17 and a half points, Almost seven assists, three, almost four rebounds, one and a half steals, half a three, shooting 48% from the field, which is really nice from a point guard. Um, but he's really weighed down by that free throw percentage, um, 63%. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Um, you know, he should increase from that, obviously. I think, you know, it's still early in the season. Um, but with that, in standard nine cats, he's ranked 159th uh, overall. So what's interesting about him is that if you find that an owner is just kind of looking at these overall rankings and not weighing sort of their strategy and what they might be punting and, um, you know, what they value um, as some categories are worth more than others, uh, he's definitely someone that you should target. You know, now in, a, in Dynasty League, it might be tough. It might be tough to pry someone like him away from an owner at a, at a low price, but Definitely in redraft leagues, um, if they're looking at that ranking and saying, "Oh, 159," you know, that might, he's barely, not really even standard league relevant, um, but you can capitalize on a lot of the, the counting stats that he's getting. You know, seven assists is great. The scoring looks good. You know, I think he's going to continue to play well, um, and I think uh, he's he's a nice target in redraft leagues and in dynasty leagues too, if you can if you can get it. But I feel like his price might be you won't be able to really get. Um, that type of value for him in a, in a dynasty league. Yeah. Luckily for me, I was able to get him a little bit cheaper. Um, in our dynasty league with, uh, you know, Kevin knows, I, if you remember that trade, I have to look here in a little while, but you know, I was able to get him a little cheaper just because he, he actually struggled, you know, most of last year in his rookie season. Um, but you know, I just kind of figured around the end of the year, you know, he would be, he actually played a little bit better, but in saying that, you know, I have to, you know, because we're in the middle of games going on, I have to mention this, you know, now, you know, during this podcast, he had an awesome game, you know, this evening, he had a triple-double, um, you know, three three-pointers, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, one wow. steal, and he shot 10 for 11 at the free-throw line, so that's 90%. Um, that obviously is not, you know, not going to say he's going to keep shooting 90%, but just to have that type of game. Well, that type of game itself is going to bump him up a lot. Oh, so yeah. it, it might be too oh, late. Yeah. I might have to take back like, what I said. <laughs> it might be too late right. to trade for him uh, because once right. they see that game, uh, that's you're probably not going to get any sort of type of discount. Right. And, you know, that in general, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox, I mean, he does have that game like Wall. So, um, you know, I'm one of the coaches, like, if, if you know, many of you know at this point now, I don't like to punt free throw percentage, but with Fox at this point, I, I'm I'm all in on him as well. So, yeah, you know, you can take what you want with that. And for reference, for, I mean, last year he didn't shoot great, but he did shoot 72.3%. So 
yeah. yeah, you feel like you should at least be able to get back up to that level and, you know, not be not be a positive, but not be such a drag on his value. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So moving right along, who's the next guy up? Uh, the next guy up, we're going to talk actually about my guy, Malik Monk, and I'm actually going to pass you the ball and your thoughts on him. Yeah, he's he's looked interesting. You know, he's had a lot of ups, ups and downs so far this season. Um but he he looks like a, a real deal scorer. He's a guy that, you know, you give him give him the ball, he's gonna he's gonna put up points. You know, he's he's averaging twelve point one points, um, two point three threes, which is really nice. Um, not a lot of other stats. You know, the two assists, half a steal, half a block. The field goal percentage is is not great. It's thirty nine point one percent. So that's a little rough. Uh, but the scoring potential is definitely there. You know. Um, I know you had written about him as well. He looks promising. I have my concerns about him starting mainly because uh-huh. in the back court as well, you need somebody that's going to be able to, to guard um, the other other team's guards. And you put Kemba and and Malik back there, and it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be a mess defensively. So that's why I think Jeremy Lamb at least is is holding that down, but. Um, as far as scoring goes, you know, he, you put him in, he can definitely heat up and, and, and put points up. So he's pretty fun to watch. Right. And, you know, you, you pretty much touch up on a lot of him. I'm not going to touch too much more on him. What I will say is, I mean, I wrote an article on him as well. And I, you know, I promise you guys this season, he's going to drop 30 or 40 points in one game this year. It's going to happen. I like that prediction. Kevin, right. So Kevin, you know, was saying he, he could be on a heater. And I believe, like I said, he's going to be, He's going to hit one of those games big. It's going to happen, you know, rather sooner than later. So, you know, take that to the bank. Okay, I like I like the, this bold prediction. Uh, you know, kind of off topic. Um, I threw this out on Twitter. We've had a, a couple of fifty point. We've had three fifty point games actually so far this season. Who do you think is getting the next one? Ooh, ah, uh, the next one, man. You, you caught me on the I, bad spot. <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, I'll say Ooh. mine. Mine was I put Kemba. I think. Kemba's going to sneak a 50-pointer in there. Um, you know, the, they're still working on their pace in Charlotte, but I know that, you know, they were big on that 12-second shot clock that they were doing in practices. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, can heat up. He's he's had a, a pretty good start to the season. Um, definitely better than people are expecting. Let's see, he was ranked – he's ranked 10th right now, and he's averaging 30 points a game. So – that's just that's my prediction, and I you know I wanted to go with someone that's not super obvious. I wasn't going to be like, oh well, it's going to be Harden or Durant or somebody. Yeah. But I mean, but that's cool. I'm going to steal the ball because you blocked me uh-huh. right there. I could because I didn't have an answer. I'm just going to go off and say because I had a little bit more time to say. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say Lillard because you know okay he can I like that. Too. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see that yeah. definitely. So. That's 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 for you, Dennis. <laughs> All right, if you're ever going to come back. Go ahead. So yeah. Anyway, sorry I didn't mean to take us off topic there, but no, but, good, but there was Starks with the 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 lock it down bold prediction. Malik Monk is gonna definitely get a thirty point game this season, and you're putting you're gonna say he's also gonna get a forty point game, or that's a um, it's gonna be either a thirty or forty. I mean, one of those uh, for sure. Okay. Um, for sure, for sure, thirty possibly. A 40 so he's gonna have one really big scoring game, and whether yeah. that's a thirty oh, yeah. point game or a forty point for game. Sure. But Absolutely. so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, okay. See how that goes. So the next guy we want to talk about, and uh, this is <laughs> this is a guy that <laughs> I tend to end up with a lot on my teams. Um, 
is Gallo. This is his, this is, this is his man crush, guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how Gallo. this started. I, I think this was me just trying to sell him to other people, and then <laughs> yeah. it just kind of turned into me actually liking him. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Danilo Gallinari, um, a.k.a. 5x5, he... <laughs> He's having a great start. He's he's the 23rd ranked uh, player of the, uh, the season so far. He's averaging 20 points, 6.1 rebounds, 2.1 threes, um, not a lot of assists, but, you know, 0.7 steals, 0.6 blocks, shooting 46.4% from the field and shooting 97.2% from the free throw on 5.1 attempts, which is, is really nice. And low turnovers, only one turnover a game. So he, he's really putting out an efficient game uh, and putting up those points. Ooh, well, I mean, because I'm, I'm not going to speak anything about him, but I'm going to ask you one thing about him. Go ahead and let – actually, not even ask. I'm going to ask you to tell the, the people of the league that plays in all the leagues, let them know and educate them on what a 5x5 five five is. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I threw that out there. It, it was obviously kind of a joke because he's he's more of just a scorer. You know, he gets boards and he hits threes. Doesn't really get a lot of the the sort of the other counting stats. But a five by five is is a when somebody uh, when a player gets uh, at least five in five different categories, and it's generally points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So. Uh, back in the day, uh, Andre Karolinko was kind of famous for, for getting a couple of these five by fives. Uh, and they're really hard to get. I mean, you know, people always talk about the triple double, but the five by five is a lot harder because uh, you, you, you really have to get those defensive stats. Uh, five steals and five blocks is, is pretty ridiculous. So, um, you know, I, I was calling him that kind of jokingly uh, in the group chat just to try to drum up interest in him to see if I could trade him. But uh, didn't work, and so right. I'm stuck with him. But uh, you know, he's he's looking good, so I I can't complain. You know, the only concern I have right now is you know, hopefully he stays healthy. You know, he has a lot of he has a bad injury history. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's something that you always have to kind of be mindful of. But so far, so between him and Tobias Harris, that you know, they're really uh, kind of the the two headed monster, at least scoring wise, on the Clippers team. Cool, and I'm just going to block your shot on this because you blocked me already earlier this evening. All right. with, with Gallo, how this how this works, I'm going to explain. You know, people. Kevin is typically the the mutual. What is it? How, how's it go? Uh, mutual beneficial, I, right? I, I like to create trades that are mutually beneficial. So I, I'll probably write a whole article on this at some point. But <laughs> right, and I'm, it up. <laughs> yeah. So in saying that, you know. For him to really try to sell people on the, you know, the five by five, it's, you know, that doesn't seem like his, uh, his, uh, his promotion code that he, he, that badge that he puts on his chest. So, I mean, it's understandable, but, you know, a five by five, just like what Kevin was saying, that is more um, greater than honestly in a a triple double uh, than it is itself because they've had five steals and five blocks along with the other five. It's, it's, it's massive. So we'll go ahead and move right along on, you know, the dynasty question that you're going to get into there, Kevin. Sure. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a little more active on Twitter, um, you know, try to interact with the NBA Twitter crowd, the fantasy basketball crowd on Twitter. You know, there's a lot of really good people on there that are very active. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Josh Lloyd can only answer so many questions on there. So we want to try to, to help people where yeah. we can. Um, sure. But so I got a question that was interesting, and I wanted to mention it. And I, I actually I don't have the guy's name, but um, he's in a dynasty league, and uh-huh. he has 
John Wall. Now he took over this league. This was not a league, uh, a team that he drafted. Um, and okay. he's kind of thinking more like uh, rebuilding for another, maybe next year or something like that. I think he doesn't think his team is good enough right now. Um, right. So he, he's wanting to make some moves and someone offered him uh, Eric Bledsoe and uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander for John Wall. And so this brought up a, a couple different things. And actually it's led me to, to kind of, think out that I, I probably need to write a couple other articles about this as well but you know with dynasty there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different considerations you need to make um because you're not just planning for right now i know starks is all bored uh win now win now win now which is great uh, and then you have other people that are very process driven they want to plan for 10 years down the road and that <laughs> sort of thing um you know and so there's two opposite ends of the spectrum but there's also an area in between that, you know, I, you know, sometimes I, I like to end up in where I want to win now, but I, you know, I want to also prepare for the future a little bit as well. So yeah. sometimes you kind of have to hedge your bets a little bit uh, with wall. You know, you have a guy that, you know, has that top 20 upside is elite in assists and steals and uh, blocks for a guard. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of the best. And, uh you know, he's a good scorer, gets solid rebounds. You know, three-point shooting is not great. Free throw shooting is not great. Um, and, and he, you know, he gets a lot of turnovers as well. So he, he's, he's strong in, in a few categories and, and weak in others. Um, and he's, like I said, top 20 potential. Uh, and you have him, and you could turn him around for Eric Bledsoe, who's, you know – a a slightly lesser version of John Wall, um, you know, probably better three-point shooter, um, you know, worse at assists, uh, probably going to score a little bit less just because of who's on his team. And, um, but, you know, does a lot of the sort of the same things, just a slightly lesser version. Um, they're, I think they're about the same age, actually. They're both, they both played in Kentucky together, actually, and, and were drafted right. in the same year. Um, you know, and I would put him sort of in that maybe top 30 ceiling, uh, maybe top 40, something like that. Uh, and then you also have SGA, who he – I'm not sure what to think of him for this year. A lot depends on if they move Pat Bev. Um, he's looked really good when they play him, though. So I, I'm all about trying to get him if I can in a dynasty league. Uh, he could be a top 75 player this year, depending on what happens, depending on the minutes he gets, how he progresses, that sort of thing. Um, I think down the road, though, he's – has that top 20, 25 potential in a couple of years, um, you know, once he get, fully gets that starting position. And so if you can sort of, you know, I don't really like two for ones. I like getting the one side of the two for ones usually, because uh, uh-huh. that means I'm upgrading. I'm getting the best player in the draft or in the trade. But uh, in this situation, I, you know, I told the guy, you know, I think I would do it. Um, I think, you know, the trade off is worth it. The other thing I asked him is how deep is this league? Because that's also another component to this whole equation. There's so many different things you have to consider. If you have a really shallow league where there's a ton of pretty good guys on the waivers, you want those elite guys. Those elite guys become even more valuable because, you know, you you can – those are the difference makers because everyone on your team is going to be good. You're going to have – everyone on the team is, is a top 100 player. Um, you know, when you have a deeper league, that's where depth becomes a little more important because you're going to have a couple of scrubs on the team. You know, we, I play in a 30 team league 
uh, or a couple thirty team leagues, and it gets really rough on waivers. So if you can, uh, you know, even at the end of your bench, you have a couple guys that are, you know, maybe in the top two hundred, top two fifty, um, that sort of thing. So if you can swap out one of those guys for somebody that has top twenty five potential and only drop down from John Wall to Eric Bledsoe, that's really worth it. So that's, you know, he said the league is pretty deep. So I told him, you know, I would, I would go ahead and, and, and move on that. So, sorry, that was, that was a whole lot, but there's, there's just a lot to unpack on that. And like I said, I have a couple articles I probably need to write about this because I, I feel like I have a lot of stuff to get out of my head, but uh, I'll pass it to you, Starks, and kind of get your take on, on that trade specifically and, and sort of your thoughts on what I said. No, you, you pretty much slam dunked it. You know, the only thing I was going to say on that is, um, you know, you you nailed everything that I was thinking. Well, how deep is the league? You know, how deep is the roster size? Um, you know, your bench and everything. Like, how many players do you start? Are you capable of starting on your team? And the reason why is because, you know, if it's that deep, then typically I'm, I'm the same with you. You know, I want the best person out of the trade if it's from a two-for-one. Normally, two-for-one, you get the best player. Um, John Wall you know, is very good. I mean, he's, he's one of my guys. SGA, you know, if he's really, you know, as well as, you know, how you had mentioned it, you know, when he's out there, when he gets the opportunity, then yeah, I, I definitely do the Bledsoe because Bledsoe is not, not saying he's as good as Wall, but he's not that much further away. And I mean, that might be a surprise to certain people, but he's not that far away from Wall. He's not going to give you elite assists, right. but I mean, he's going to, he's still going to give you a little bit more three point shots. And, you know, he'll most of the time I would say he, his field goal percentage might be a little bit better. But, you know, and that's one of the things for me, dynasty-wise, I had mentioned around one of the earlier episodes, Bledsoe, I'll be honest, I love him this year. I, the, the, the future, I don't know what holds his cards. But John Wall, you know, he's had little nicks and knots on his knees. And, you know, so that's another risk that you, you take. But SGA, if he's – you know, given the badge, if he can be something good, if he gives the, been given the opportunity, then yeah, you got to take that trade. Yeah, I agree. I think the upside with SGA is, is too much to turn down in a dynasty league. And especially in a deep league, you know, he's already, uh, you know, he's the 155th best player right now. And I think that's only going to improve as the season goes on. And like right. I said, in the next couple of years, and especially once they move some of these other guards out of there, he's, he's going to be a beast. He looks really good. And so I think the combination of, of Bledsoe and, and SGA in a deep league where you're going to have some scrubs on your team that you you can swap out for, for, for SGA, mm-hmm. that's to me that that's that's definitely a trade you want to make. Definitely, definitely. And rounding things out and closing things out here, I'm going to – we typically do a clutch shot to, you know, put a bow on it. Um, I'm going to take a clutch shot and mention, you know, uh, a follower that actually is in our league. His name is uh, Ethan. He's, you can actually follow him at Jewish MVP. You can find him on Twitter and, uh, you know, give him a follow. He'll follow you back. You know, he also is one of the helpers for us. And, uh, and another thing that I want to take a shot on is, uh, you know, that game that, you know, cause we're in the middle of games going on with De'Aaron Fox, you know, doing a triple-double. You know, Sacramento dropped 146 points tonight. That's pretty bananas against Atlanta at 115. And, uh, you know, the game that's current, because we know Milwaukee is uh, undefeated this year, but they're losing currently right now 104-95. to So I'd like to see how that game 
you know, pans out at the end of the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. So my shot is taken. I'm going to pass you the ball to take the last shot there. All right. Uh, I guess if we're mentioning people, um, I'll mention uh, another site and guy that I've been talking to, uh, Drew Lessard. Uh, he's got a site called Rise and Dime. Uh, pretty cool site. I like the design. You know, he's just a one-man shop, so he doesn't have a crew like we do over at, at Fantasy Unicorn. So he's trying to put stuff out, but uh, okay. it's a little, you know, it's not as consistent, but he's he's getting stuff out there, and, and it's it's good analysis. So definitely worth checking out. Um, I, li- I like the way his site looks and I, I like, uh, I like the stuff that he's putting out. So I just wanted to throw that out up there and he's at rise and dime. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you guys can actually find me um, on Twitter at Starks underscore industry. Um, you know, ask me any questions that you have fantasy wise or anything, in, you know, in general. So, you know, that's something I definitely, you know, what we're definitely trying to do and also read our articles um, that we have on fantasy WordPress or excuse me, fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. Um, and then, you know, continue to listen to our podcast. You know, we definitely want to provide you guys with, you know, new, fresh content each day if possible for, you You know, the DFS that, you know, Jesse is providing has been excellent. He's been hitting on his locks. And, you know, the, the, the written documents as far as him, you know, section it very well and very, you know, clean looking to, to read off is very well for those that, play DFS, you know, very well. So he's been doing good in that, that stature. And uh, Dennis will be back around. He's been really busy. So, you know, he's going to get back on, you know, the grind with us. So, you know, I'm saying that you know, I'm going to give the ball back to Kevin to take us home. Yeah. Um, everything Stark says, you know, like I said, we're on Twitter. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, again, I'm at Kevin. So feel free to, to follow me, send me a message at me, whatever. I don't know. It, I'm kind of an older guy, so this is still to figure <laughs> out sometimes. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have – I feel like we have a lot of good information that we want to share with people. Um, so, you know, just please reach out to us. Check out our stuff, again, at fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. Listen to our podcast if you can. We really appreciate all the support we've had so far. It, it's been really nice. Um, we want to continue to, to, to keep, it grow, keep it going and, and, and grow it as much as we can. Um, so with that, uh, I guess I'll catch you guys next time and thanks again for listening. All right, guys, take a ride.